This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Home stretch here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast talking all things Las Vegas Raiders football. And Mo, no person more than this guy is getting the ire of Raider Nation off the charts than head coach Josh McDaniels. We've talked about his performance throughout the show, uh, but we need to visit this uh, early. And we'll get into more specifics as we do our our yearly breakdown by position, offense, defense, all that stuff in the coming weeks. But you look at Josh McDaniels coming in, uh, came in a lot, and 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 this is where I've come a little bit full circle. And again, we're not going to get into the whole Derek Carr thing because I'm just frankly tired of it and he's gone. But I will tell you this, Josh McDaniels said a lot of things when he got to Las Vegas, one of which was about how great Derek Carr was and he wanted him and blah, 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 blah. Um, there were a lot of things Josh McDaniels said that didn't seem to come true or didn't seem that he followed through on. You add in the inability to make adjustments that we saw, which led to an NFL leading five second half collapses or lead um, blown leads big of, of more than what 13 points. It, it was pretty, I mean, if it wasn't for Nathaniel Hackett in, in Denver, Josh McDaniels, the, the, the national media might've paid more attention to it because the performance overall, as I have said for numerous weeks now, my friend, to me, it was coaching malpractice. He often did all of the wrong things at the wrong time. I brought this up on previous shows. It took him a month to feed Josh Jacobs the football. Think about that. And Josh Jacobs still won the rushing title. Can you imagine if he had fed Josh Jacobs in the first month of the season? Yeah. I said this too. Uh, Devontae Adams, there are seven, eight games with he's, where he's had five or fewer catches. That's inexcusable for the best wide receiver in the league. And, I, and Devontae Adams still captured the franchise record in receiving yards. Can you imagine if he had more consistency in his catches what his numbers would have looked like. Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams would have had astronomical numbers. But to me, there were stretches in the season where McDaniels just didn't use his talent to the best of their ability. Now, the other thing, you mentioned the blown leads. 
part of that is on players executing or not executing on the field. Sure. And part of that is is the head coach. You got to be able to manage a three possession lead. Yeah. I, I mean, if you're any if you if you're a competent head coach, you should be able to manage a lead like that because teams aren't blowing big lead big leads like that with consistency. The Raiders have the record and blown second half double digit leads. The record. So it's one thing to do it once or twice. It's another thing to do it five times. So there, there's a, there's a lot that goes on Josh McDaniel's plate, and I, I'm sure he understands that. But that's the concerning part for me is that is he ever going to turn it around or is just who he is as a head coach? Mm. Just not a very good head coach. And you talked about it. If Nathaniel Hackett wasn't fired as bad as he was as a head coach, we were probably paying – well, not we, but the national media were probably paying more attention to Josh McDaniels. Brandon Staley isn't exactly a trustworthy head coach either. This dude right. played his starters in a, in a meaningless regular season game, got Mike Williams hurt, got um, Kenneth Murray hurt, got Joey Bosa hurt, and a game that meant nothing to our playoff implications. So right. this is what I mean when I say Andy Reid and the Chiefs are, are going to have an advantage over the entire AFC West until the coaching gets better for all the other teams because – Andy Reid is just on another level. And I know we're on a Raiders show, and I'm not going to talk too much about the Chiefs and what Andy Reid is doing, but you got to close the gap when it comes to the roster personnel and coaching. Coaching. Because if you don't close the gap with coaching, it's it's not going to get any better for any of the teams in the AFC besides the Chiefs. Well, and you saw you saw this coaching um, um, inadequacy, or I should say the gap between the coaching of both teams, too on the game on Saturday, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it was evident. You could see it at times. It's like a, It was like a national chess champion playing a 12-year-old who won the school competition, right? And and you could see it. You could see it. I, and I'm not trying to make fun of Josh McDaniel. I'm just saying it is what it is, okay? And so you look at that and you think to yourself, boy, is, is there anywhere that I can see Josh McDaniels improved? And that's a tough question because – I thought at times I thought he was improving and then we saw regression. And so I'm having a struggle and I'm not out here saying fire the guy cause he's clearly not going to get fired, but, but I'm struggling Mo, to find where he improved. This is where I'm with Raider fans when they're not too enthusiastic about the off season, because if your head coach is making boneheaded moves and yes. play calls, yes. it is not going to matter who you have in there because <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna have a low ceiling because of the coaching staff, and we we went through this when Re- Reggie McKenzie and Del Rio were in charge. They Reggie McKenzie was the GM, Del Rio was the head coach, and his staff. There were times when Reggie McKenzie's guys, who he drafted, went on to other teams and flourished. So that tells you that some of Reggie McKenzie's guys weren't that bad. It's just the coaching staff didn't put them in positions to succeed. And I'm afraid that even if Ziggler does a good job, it comes down to does Josh McDaniels use them to their best ability? Does Patrick Graham put these guys in positions to succeed? Because yeah. other than Amik Robertson, who improved under Patrick Graham? We named Nate Hobbs regression. We named Trevor Merrick regression. Other than Amik Robertson, who looked better from the previous year and this year under Patrick Graham? To me, that's another red flag. And I will tell you one thing before you go, Scott. Josh McDaniels was asked about the coaching staff and will there be any changes in the offseason? He was kind of noncommittal about it. He said, yeah. basically, he said, we're going to reevaluate everything. And I was of the belief that Patrick Graham would be back because, let's be honest, if you look up and down the Raiders roster at the end of the season, 
Not a lot of starting guys that not a lot of guys that would be starters on other teams either. Yeah. So so I will say that now I'm like, is Patrick Graham going to be back? Now it's more of a question. But I will say this: if they replace Patrick, if they don't replace Patrick Graham, and they draft guys for his scheme, and then they let him go because he underperforms in 2023, then you're back at the same cycle because same now. Cycle. You yeah. have to draft guys for the next coordinator. So to me, it's either you stick with Patrick Graham and ride it out, or you let him go now because now. if not, you're going to be stuck in the same cycle over and over again. Yeah, and Mo, let's face it. I, this is the way the world works. It's not just in sports. But when crap goes bad, okay, when the crap hits the fan, I'm keeping it family family friendly. <laughs> when the crap hits the fan, somebody's taking the blame, okay? Somebody's taking the blame. So... When it comes to the offensive play, the quarterback took some of the blame. Not all the blame, but some of the blame. That's why they're moving on from him, okay? He wasn't playing up to their, their what they wanted to see. When it comes to the coaching, the coaching wasn't what it... Now, it begins and ends with Josh McDaniels, there's no question. But Josh McDaniels isn't going to go anywhere. And if he's not going to go anywhere, some something's got to change. Because Dave Ziegler... Look, everybody... The pound of flesh has to happen. So... Yeah, maybe it's a defensive back coach or it's a linebacker coach, even though they had no talent there, or it's the offensive line coach. I don't know who it's going to be, but somebody's going to take the fall. It always happens that way, especially in sports, right, where, where mm-hmm. it's so volatile. Um, and I, you know, listen, if they, again, if they weren't so close, I would go, it, it might not happen on Black Monday like it was yesterday, but, but. I would not have been surprised if the Raiders moved on from Josh McDaniels had it not been for the closeness of those two because you have all cause to think that it's not working. Scott, five blown double-digit <laughs> Exactly. Who else? No one else has done that. Not so only that, but your, you, your quarterback regressed. <laughs> Let's call it. No, I listen. Yeah, yeah. The card defenders are right about that. He regressed. He got better under Gruden. Probably the best he was going to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he regressed and mm-hmm. everyone, I mean, even, even Colton Miller regressed or he had a little bit of a down year. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. So, so you look at this and you see that you're right from a coaching perspective. Now the offensive line, I shouldn't have mentioned the offensive line coach getting fired. Cause I think with what he had, he did well. I mean, they got better at they times. Overachieved. They overachieved. And so that you have to say, Hey, kudos to the coach. Okay. But outside of that, and Max Crosby is his own coach, so he doesn't need a coach. But um, <laughs> everybody else, you're right. It's, it's, it's a great question. And I think I just wonder, yeah, I just think it's going to be a really short leash for Josh McDaniels this year. And I would love to be in this, the evaluation between Ziegler and McDaniels. And, again, I, I, need, I think he needs a veteran coach beside him to help him with game management. Wasn't Rob Ryan on the staff this year? I believe he yes. was. Yeah. Uh, but it, I just, there could be a situation where the Raiders have a good draft where you could see the talent. Yeah. And let's say the Raiders blow another five double digit second half leads. He, he has to fire his, Ziggler has to fire his butt yeah. to save his butt because. I would assume that Mark Davis would come to him and say, look, it's either it's done. Daniels goes or both of you go. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I think that's when the decision comes down. But it goes to my point that I just, as excited as I am about the offseason and the Raiders having a full draft class, assuming they don't trade their top picks and having $35 million in cap space and probably soon to be about $65 million once they trade Carr, 
there's still that question is, can Josh McDaniels cook the groceries and provide a good meal? Because again, if he doesn't, then even, even though you can see the talent in certain young players, you can see they could be a lot better. And if you have that thought in your head that, yeah, this player is good, but he could be a lot better. Then you're thinking about replacing your head coach. Cause that's what we say about Justin Herbert. A lot of people saying Justin Herbert could be a lot better if he had a different head coach and Brandon Staley is weighing that team down. And I think we can have the same conversation about Josh McDaniels as far as, as far as the entire roster is concerned on the offensive side of the ball. Is he the offensive guru that many thought he was coming in because he, you know, regardless of what he happened in Indianapolis, he was a hot commodity as the head coaching candidate. His name was popping up all over the place and he felt like the Raiders was the spot where he can, kind of change the narrative about what happened in Denver and it's just mm-hmm. it's just not happening right now it just it looks pretty much the same of what happened in Denver and 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 Mo uh, uh let's go into imagination zone for a minute here because okay. but, but but possible which is imagine Sean Payton coach Brandon Staley goes with Chargers they lose to the Jags okay in the first round of the playoffs Brandon Staley gets fired because I think he deserves to be fired if he does that Number one, even if he wins a game, I still think he could get fired. <laughs> but nonetheless, he gets fired. Sean Payton, who's living in Los Angeles, gets convinced to go coach the Chargers because you got the quarterback, you got the running back, pretty good team. Okay. Then the Denver Broncos go get Jim Harbaugh. Then suddenly you got the only JV coach in the division. I mean, am, am I exaggerating when I say that? No, because the one coach has won a Super Bowl, the other one has gone to Super Bowl and won a whole lot in the NFL. <laughs> so, that, that to me, even if those two guys don't join the division, yeah, I, I, I just think that Josh McDaniels' leash is so short that it, if he doesn't show anything within the first quarter of the next season, mm-hmm. I, I would think that Dave Ziegler and Mark Davis are having a conversation like, okay, this doesn't turn around soon. We, we, we're ready to move on quick. And it's sad they say that because then you're probably looking at a rebuild and that's tiring to talk about. And I don't want to talk about that right now, Yeah, but I, I just, all, all of my concern right now is what type of head coach is Josh McDaniels? Is he going to improve? Is he going to show any improvement? Because if, if, if these players, because numerous players have come out, former players, I think Tiki Barber has Tiki or Rondé because they're twins. Yeah. One of them said, one of them had a bit that said, Josh McDaniels is not a head coach. He's an offensive coordinator. Brandon Marshall, the wide receiver, has been vocal about Very this. Very vocal. And time and he said, not a head coach, play caller, but not a head coach. And I think people overlook the fact that a head coach and an offensive coordinator, two very different positions. It's one thing to call the offense, and, jo- and Josh McDaniels has had his gaffes there. It's another thing to be a leader of men. Yep. And when you're not when you're not that CEO type, it's not going to work out. And I'm, I hate to judge him based on his talk at the podium. But when you look <laughs> at Josh McDaniels at the podium and you listen to him talk, does that sound like a CEO type? No. A guy who's going to command respect in the locker room from, from 53 plus guys? I, I just don't get that feeling from him. Right. And that, and that's that's what I think, too. I mean, listen, you you hear him speak. There's... I'm not saying you have to be the best speaker, but but and I know he's been doing it a lot longer. But you look at what how Gruden was when he spoke to the media. You look at a guy like Mike Tomlin, who who in some ways should be coach of the year because that Steelers team was no good, and he got them within one win of a winning record. Okay, which is pretty remarkable. Um, and you look at some of these other coaches, and even young coaches. 
Look at McDaniel down in Miami. That guy commands the room. I mean, he gets a little wild at times and gets a little esoteric. But other than that, the guy commands the room. And so I, I think you're right. And that's where the big question mark is. And and I got to believe that part of the coaching staff here with Josh McDaniels, Mo, that, that if I was Dave Ziegler, I would say, okay, listen, I don't know if it's the defense or what it is, but if I'm him, I'm looking for the guy, the just-in-case guy, meaning that <laughs> you need to bring on a more experienced coach to help you coach, but then if I got to fire your ass after four or five games, I need somebody I know who can run the team. Because right now the coaching staff, I mean, maybe Rex Ryan, I don't know, he's a little wild card, but but who else on that team could be even an interim head coach, right? It, it would be a disaster. So It would be a disaster if you're coach firing a coach after four or five games anyway. But nonetheless, I, I think there just needs to be some maturity, stability, and somebody, like you said, who can run the room, can be the CEO, even if he's not. Um, but it is a long-term problem, and the Raiders are going to learn really quick. And if, if he's not the guy, then it could set the franchise back three or, three or four years again. Here's one thing that's also scary to me. The Raiders have a very inexperienced trio as far as head coach and coordinators are concerned. Mick mm-hmm. Lombardi, young coordinator. Patrick Graham, not a lot of experience, believe it or not. I believe he's only had four years as a, as a D coordinator, and three of those years haven't been good. Mm-hmm. And then you got Josh McDaniels, who had a short stay in Denver and doesn't didn't look good in his first year with the Raiders. So who is the guy that's going to, as you said, kind of – have in on your shoulder to to make some of the executive decisions with the experience because if you look at the giants right and i say the giants because i i watch a lot of giants games because of my proximity to the team but brian dable has dominic martindale and i know dominic martindale has never been a head coach but he has tons of years of experience tons of experience i mean dable himself has a lot of experience too but mm-hmm. wink has been around and he's an older head coach he's an older coach i should say that means something, you know, so sure. it, it, with, with the Raiders young staff with so much inexperience there, when things are falling apart, no wonder they, they couldn't recover when things started to go downhill a lot of times. No wonder they blew so many leads. Like who's the experienced guy on that staff that can pull things together when things are not going right from a coaching standpoint? I know you depend on your players to do it on the field, but your coaches also have to play a part in that. Yeah, and I think that's why you will see some change. I don't know what it's going to be, who it's going to be, but I think there has to be. And uh, I'm sure we'll know here pretty quickly, even maybe by our next show on Thursday. You never know. Um, that's going to close out the show, though. Mo, we're done for the for the day. Um, and we certainly appreciate everybody being with us. And we're going to have a really busy offseason. Obviously, with what all these issues we talked about, we're going to deep, deep dive on some of them as we move, move along in the next few weeks. And then as we hit the, the end of the NFL playoffs, the Super Bowl, and then we're going to focus on the draft. There's going to be a lot of draft analysis here on the show. We'll take a look at who the Raiders might be targeting. Uh, and then we'll also learn, obviously, by the within three days after the Super Bowl, if the Raiders were able to trade Derek Carr and what they got for him. So that'll give us a full picture of what their draft capital looks like. So we'll do that. In the interim, we'll keep a uh, track and an eye of all things Las Vegas Raiders and what's happening with the staff, with personnel, as they all break away for the offseason. All right, Mo, we will catch up with you again on Thursday, my friend. I thought this would be a little more of a painful show, being that we're wrapping <laughs> up the 2022 season, but it, was, it wasn't it was as painful as I thought it was. So, I Well, yeah, that, I mean, you know, like you said, it was disastrous. Uh, you, don't, you, you could talk about why it was, which I think we touched on, and we're going to get into some, like you said, the positions and stuff like that later on, some of the talent that's on the roster 
and and those holes that need to be filled will identify them specifically um, and talk about who's going to be back and who won't be back. Uh, but overall, it's pretty it's easier actually when when it goes like this. If you're a 500 team or you just missed the playoffs by one game, then maybe you're starting to talk a little more about what happened, what could have gone this way, what would have went this way, and that makes a big difference. Here in this case, the Raiders just didn't ever really get to the point where they were a serious contender. All right, Mo, I'll talk to you on Thursday, buddy. All right, speak to you soon. All right, for uh, Mo Moten and for our producer, David Stepanian, excuse me, I am Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey Original Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Also, Sunday mornings, even during the offseason, you can catch us in Las Vegas over the airwaves on 98.5 The Fan and, of course, 1140 The Bet, both Odyssey sports stations in the Las Vegas market. Until Thursday, take care, Raider Nation, and we'll talk to you then.